This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Excellent, great. <laughs> Sit down, coach. Sit down. Did, did your defense uh, play as aggressive as you had hoped, or was the season opener you have to kind of scale it down still? Uh, you, there are some things that we're still trying to work to make sure that we get scored away to continue to take the next step, but from an attacking standpoint, we were uh, how we would expect it to, to have been uh, for, for game one. Looked like uh, Javon Parker graded out pretty well, young guy in that mix in the DL. What, what, what do you see in terms of his progression generally? It, it's, it's what you want for a young person coming into year two where development and preparedness is, is really his best friend because the one thing that we're trying to show both he and his brother Armand is, is the, the ability that you really have. And if you continue to strain, often as you work hard and you play hard, somehow, some way, plays will find you. And, and that's exactly what, what he had a chance to experience here on, on Saturday. Him going out there, playing hard, staying on top of his game from a detailed standpoint and doing his job with respect to that particular call, he's going to be in a position to be able to make the plays. We can look at the grading system from pro football focus, but your grades are going to be different. Who did you grade out well? With respect to what positions? Just, well, just anybody on the defense. Uh, in, but who, who do we grade out well? Um, well, probably you all probably saw Carson Bruner, I would, I would think, would be someone who graded out well, but also uh, Thule, uh, 91. He probably graded out maybe just as good as anyone and, and, and as well as Devon Banks. You know, that, that's kind of the three levels per, per position. Coach, how satisfying for your defense? Let me rephrase it this way. It's such a high-powered offense and expectations there. How satisfying for your defense to play a part Igniting and creating momentum. Well, and, and that—that's the one thing that you have to have on good teams. Good teams, everyone has to be able to create a spark in some way, shape, or form. So, in order for that to happen through us, it, it just continues to build confidence because on our end, we're finally so happy to be in a situation where we're not having to play against our offense every day. Well, what is it about your, <laughs> what is it about your offense that makes it difficult and then prepares you for any? Well, I, I think the one thing that, that we do a lot offensively is, is they do a lot of things that will challenge your rules, challenge your eyes, challenge the space. And you couple that with some elite talent. And one person back there who's got the ball in his hand that's pretty good when it's coming out that left, that left hand, that, that, that'll make the stress go through the roof for you. Does his progression, his ability to stay in the pocket, then test the patience of your DBs, and also maybe your linebackers do not overplaying and be overly aggressive? Yeah, yeah. It, only because – and, and but you also know that you may think you have someone covered, 
but he has the ability to put that ball exactly where it needs to be so it gives the offensive player a chance to be able to catch the ball. So, so we've had a chance to really work on when you're at the point of attack, you have to really be great and be aggressive when it comes to you going after the hands of the particular receivers. Did you see the, the impact from MJ in, in the middle that, that you guys have been hoping for? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, he, he, he's going to require you to block him with two guys. And if you block him with one, he's going to be able to be in the backfield most, most of the time. So that, that was something that was very, very good to see. And I know our linebackers love when his butt is in front of, him, in front of them because they're going to be free being able to flow and be able to make plays. Elijah Jackson and Devon Banks, it looked like Devon had a couple of really nice splash plays and it looked like Elijah had a couple of missed tackles, missed assignments as well. Can you talk about those two or if I'm wrong on that? Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's kind of the, the, the ebbs and flows of a game. Uh, it was great to be able to see uh, Devon Banks at the point of attack um, a, a few more times than, than EJ and him being able to make his plays. And uh, I think there were also some really good things that EJ did that, was, that no one really got to see. Um, at, at, at the same point, but, but we're definitely pleased with how those guys are playing. And it also shows a tribute to just some of the depth aspects that we're able to build in some specific positions when you have some guys who can come in and, and be able to make the plays that they're supposed to make. Is uh, Tua Taylor dinged up? I don't think he played Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it he, got, he got a little chipped here, uh, basically, to, to start off the game. And it's something that if, if everything was on the line, he, he potentially could have played. But I think what we wanted to do was just to make sure, hey, let's try to get through this and, and see how things could work out for you. So but, he was in uniform on the yeah, sideline? Yeah. You, you mentioned Carson, but in terms of your linebacker room as a whole, how did you feel like those guys performed? I feel like everyone played, played very well. Um, when you have a chance to, we played, we played six guys. <laughs> and the, the funny thing is probably one of the guys who played the best was, was the true freshman, Devin Bryant, um, when it comes to production per play. And um, knowing what we're getting from Raylan Goforth, he is someone who's, who's literally like jumping on a trampoline when it comes to him being able to get his performance up to the level where it needs to be. And, and we're so happy to be able to have him on the team. And when you have, uh, you know, Captain Edifon and Lafosio and the, the, what we would say the, the veteran of the defense and Alfonso Tupatala, all those guys played pretty good and obviously good enough to win and, and good enough to be able to drive our defense and put us in positions where we can be able to be successful on each down. It didn't look like there were a lot of targets that were going Jamar Muhammad's way. What did you see from him in, in his first start? Oh, j just great, consistent play. Uh, and, and that's the one thing that we would, would require from him and all the guys. The, all, all we ask for is just you be consistent on your giving down, trust in your abilities, trust in your coaching, and when you're at the point of attack, do your job. Looks like Tulsa's going to run a freshman quarterback out there. Just what stands out on film when you guys take the first look at yeah, just a athleticism. And, and the one thing that we know, we have a high level of respect for the offensive staff, the offensive coaches, and the program that uh, Coach Wilson does there. I've had a chance to work with him for four years. So he is literally, truly one of the best offensive minds in college football. So, so you know he's going to have some things ready to be able to try to slick us up. Working with him for four years, seeing that offense every day, what are the, the key tenets of a, of a Ken Wilson offense, would you say? Uh, an offense that runs the football. You run the football and you take shots down, down the field. Uh, if you're pressing the, the corners or the pressing with corners, ball's going to go down the football field. And I, I know that that's a, a pedigree of him because he knows two good things can happen. One is going to be a catch, the other is going to be a pass interference. <laughs> 
you had a one sack and uh, two turnovers. Going into a game, do you have a goal, uh, like a specific number that you're looking for each and every game? On? Yeah, on, on our end, from a takeaway standpoint, we'd like to try to get two takeaways per game uh, uh, minimally. And it's, sometimes the sacks may not equate to, to everything that you want, but um, we had 12 quarterback pressures in the game. So when you look at one interception came off of a quarterback pressure and other Aaron throws came off of quarterback pressure. There were some PBUs and tip balls that came off of quarterback pressures. So we're having a chance to really um, influence some of the throws with, with, with some of the pressure that we're getting in the backfield. Is, is 12 a good number? Uh, 12 pressures, that's pretty good out of 47 throws, yes. Now what we have to be able to do is to, to convert some of those into some sacks. Did uh, Boise State try to take your edge rushers out? Yeah, yeah. Double team. Yep, yep, and, and, and it's, it's something that you just have to be ready for. You know, the, um, we feel as though they did a good, good job of being able to chip and try to double double the guys on the edge. But the thing that they did well is they tried to manage everything by getting the ball out on time. Did you feel like in preparation for the game, now looking what happened, <clears throat> that nothing jumped out that you felt you and the players weren't prepared for and were things? Yeah, you, you know, it's it, it's one of the unique things that you always have to deal with when you're coming into week one to where you have to have your players ready for every scenario. So our level of preparation was this big in, in everything. And we told them, hey, guys, you'll know after the first quarter, this could be eliminated, this could be eliminated, and this could be eliminated. And that's kind of exactly what occurred. There were a few things that kind of we really had to adapt and adjust to out on the field was you know, some of the two-back things. We thought it could happen, but just wasn't sure. And that became a big staple for them. So we had to make our adjustments uh, accordingly. Anything else for Coach? Thanks, Coach. All right. Thanks, Coach. Yep, thank you all. Go dogs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. All right, fire How are we doing? <laughs> Had to make sure. How do you feel the offensive line held up with the different units you guys ran out there against Boise State? What's that? How do you feel the offensive line graded out after the Boise State game? Just kind of how did C. Parker's initial game and both the left side of the ball? I thought they did a good job. I thought they made some good in-game adjustments and protection. Boise challenged us uh, with a few things early on in the football game, and I thought that was going to be – more of one of the questions than anything is how they were going to be able to respond to some of the different pressures and um, things that we hadn't seen on film. Would they be able to adjust in the game? And I thought they did a great job with that. Ryan, we've seen uh, Jalen McMillan's arm in two of the last three games. We might never see it again, but you know he was what a, he was older <laughs> in high school, like all of his life. Was there a certain point where you realize, oh, he can he can throw the ball? Yeah, like literally the first day I saw him on the field, he's playing catch, and I was like, wow, this guy is like legitimately can throw. So super talented player, and, and uh, probably as much as anything, though, you saw what he did with the play. They sat on top of it, and he had to check it down, basically. And that's special. It really is. Like a nine-yard gain that you're like, that was one of the coolest plays of the game, that you can trust your guys with a play like that to make good decisions. So I thought that was an elite play. Was there a wide receiver over the top there that he? 
So no, it was really Westy. And, you know, they were sitting on top of it, and Westy just bent the route off, and J-Mac drilled him. So two really special players doing cool stuff. Prior, prior to the uh, the Apple Cup last year, had he been, like, campaigning for, like, hey, give me a – No, he really, he really doesn't because he, he knows I'm – every week I'm probably looking for something. Coach, when – with Boise State's uh, run, run defense, you guys – kind of struggled running the ball at least early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were they doing that, that was throwing you guys off a little bit? Oh, well, honestly, you know, they, they did some good things, but really uh, a good portion of it, at least early in the football game, was self-imposed. You know, we uh, just mistargeted on some run fits and um, should have been some pretty easy hits for us. And, you know, then we obviously got super aggressive in the pass game and, and didn't have to come back till, till later. So, uh, but I thought we cleaned up. You know, a couple looks there and did a good job later when they got the opportunities. That pass to Jalen Polk in the third quarter, yep. right in front of me. It, I don't know if it was impressive to you up in the press box. It was to me on the sideline, but it was perfect. Can you break that play down a little bit for us? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's kind of honestly a base play for us, and a play that Mike was was looking for throughout the course of the game, and we got the coverage specific to that play that we wanted, and and. Uh, we're able to manipulate the safety a little bit and put it over the top. So that was a good clip to show the guys on Sunday, just thinking about some of the preparation and when we do get the opportunities and the looks that we want, that sometimes you only get one shot at that and making it count. So those guys work really hard to make it look that easy. Um, it's certainly not that easy, but they work a lot. You know, if they miss that throw in practice, they'll be there after practice and, you know, trying to get it in to make sure they don't miss it in the game. Mike didn't miss, he didn't miss much, but he did miss one to J-Mac on yeah. 15. And curious whether there was conversation on the headset after that. I know that he said, okay, I need to get one to J-Mac, and he did on the next drive. But yep. what was the immediate reaction to knowing? No, he was, Mike's ownership on that was fantastic. He just, you know, felt like he could have set his feet a little bit more maybe and, and make the throw, and, and he just missed. It's it's not very often that nine does miss, but that was one of them. And, um you know, really, I think he had at least – I had four throwaways as far as incompletion, like true him getting out of the pocket, and it's one of the rules in the quarterback room, throwaway is okay. And Mike made some good decisions on that on Saturday and took care of the football and, and has always done a good job of that. So, you know, you look at four to five incompletions that were, you know, true throwaways, it was a pretty good day. Do you think that you saw the, the progress that Bill Nixon has made over the offseason on – Saturday it seemed like he maybe had a little more first to him. Yeah, no, Will is uh, and stronger too, right? He he definitely has put on some weight, and you saw him, you know, break a couple holes in the tackle or in the B gap that I thought was really good. You know, safety comes running down in there. Um, I think it was the corner was even in there, and he, he ran through both those tackles. So I don't I don't think that that was a play that last year that Will would make. You know, and just better knee drive, stronger kid. Um, I think he averaged almost six yards a carry or something like that. So it was good. Will Will definitely had a good showing out there. How do you feel about just that group as a whole? Um, obviously, it wasn't a lot there for, for Dylan on his tries, it seemed like, but just kind of trying to sort through the rotation there. Yeah, we're, we're still uh, trying to find our own there and, uh, you know, definitely still kind of feeling the loss of CD, if I'm being really transparent. And that room is is working really hard and realizing that practice reps count right now and that we're still trying to find out who the leader is in that room and who's supposed to be the guy. So I thought Will took a big step forward, you know, and I, I, Sam Adams got a few reps, you know, I'll probably see him a little bit more. But 
Um, still working through that. So we've got to have a great week of practice, and we've got three days to figure that out, see who we want to get the ball to a little bit more. Like you said, I mean, Sam was clearly the third guy in terms of snaps. Yep. What had he done to put himself in that position? Uh, Sam's a complete back. You know, that's one of the things <clears throat> I think that 28 brings to the table is he's really improved on his pass protection. He catches the ball well out of the backfield, and, and he's got good vision, you know, so and he's a smart kid. You know, he, he understands, you know, the playbook and things like that. Um, it's really always been health with Sam. You know, it's just his own limitations that – that have held him back. So, you know, when he's healthy, we feel like he can contribute and be a, a part of the offense. How close is, is Tybo to maybe get to getting a shot or, or working his way back to, to getting a look there? Yeah, he's getting there. He's doing a good job. He's doing everything he's supposed to be doing. Um, he also, you know, just continue to work with pass protection. That's always typically a struggle with young backs is just, you know, figuring all that out. And, and he's getting better every day. So. Uh, we're close, and I do think he can be a factor in the run game. How about Burroughs for great out there? He graded out really well. He was one of the top O-linemen. You know, him and Teo probably had uh, two of the better games. I know they all played pretty well. Roger, I think, had a pretty good grade. and uh, But Parker did a great job for first start. You know, I thought between him and Teo and the type of, you know, role that they both had in the game, I thought they both were the guys that, in my mind, kind of stood out. You know, I, I know Teo didn't play a perfect game, but I thought he called a good one and, and for the most part was on point and was very physical on the inside. Two left guards really close now. They were an or going into the game and kind of split the, the reps. Are they still neck and neck? They are. They are. I thought they both played well. Um, I think that there are some things that both of them did um, kind of boosted their case. I don't think anybody hurt their case, I guess is what I would say. I think they both played really well. So. Um, that's that's a blessing, and again, practice matters, and the guys will continue to be evaluated week to week. With the McMillan uh, running touchdown, talking to some people afterwards, it sounded like maybe that was a little bit of a struggle in practice. Like you, had, you guys hadn't quite hit it that way. Were yeah, there was adjustments there. Yeah, no, there's. I think there's plays like that that um, you know, as a coordinator, you have to decide how much squeeze is worth it. And I felt pretty strongly that that play was going to be worth it based on what we'd seen and so stuck with it and there's just some mechanics that go with a play like that that it looks super easy but there's the cadence part there's the motion timing um there's a receiver reading a kick out and a wrap block by a guard and a tackle and um you know but you believe in the guys you know that once J-Mac gets a look and he just gets a few reps at it he's going to be okay but we we certainly had to rep that a little bit and um it ended up you know, it doesn't always work that way, but that one was worth the squeeze. It feels like there are times where Jalen Polk might fly under the radar a little bit because you have J-Mac and Rome on the outside. What's it like just having that guy as the, the third receiver in your offense, really? Yeah, uh, it, it's a blessing, first of all. JP is one of the toughest, strongest kids we have on the football team. I mean, you come out to Sunday practice and you'd be shocked how hard he's running routes. It doesn't look like he just played a football game. And so that type of mindset leadership and ability you know is we we know that when the play has to be made and the ball is going to come his way jp's going to make the play and so having a guy like him that could be you know a one almost anywhere is is uh truly a blessing but like i said it doesn't mean i mean there's going to be plenty of times where the ball can't go to rome and and j mac and uh whether it's jp or germ they'll they'll be ready now when you put dylan in you had 49 points on the board and uh Beautiful pass to Josh Cuevas. Can you maybe explain the how you 
do that. Some people would say that was running up the score, and you're going to say you need to get your guys work. You talk a little bit about your mindset and how you deal with those situations. Yeah, I think you you got to, you know, obviously we're not trying to make play action passes, you know, shooting the ball down the field, but that was a true RPO throw, and they cut a guy loose, and Demo just read the play. So it really wasn't, you know, necessarily trying to run the score up or anything like that. It was just a base run play that we had in our red zone that um, I felt like was a good rip for Demo to try to hit. We talked to Will Nixon after the game, and he didn't say the play, but he said there was a play that could have been like a 50-yard touchdown if he had hit it a little bit differently. And I'm wondering if you felt like there was a lot of meat on the bone in terms of, in terms of just the running game, hitting things a little bit differently or maybe being a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I think that's, that's an accurate assessment. I think there was for sure four runs that I definitely felt like we left uh, explosive plays on the board there where we just might have missed the cut or the read that they could have been pretty big hits and, and two of them really big. But um, I think that shows a lot of maturity by Will as well, knowing that there's a couple there that he probably could have hit a little differently. And they just got to keep learning and getting reps. And, you know, practice is great, but those game reps and timing is, is so critical. That throw to uh, <clears throat> Jalen Polk down the sidelines, mm-hmm. we were commenting afterwards that it was one of the prettiest throws we've seen. Is that something that Mike Penix does every day? Talk about how hard it is to make that throw because you had a guy coming over the top and you had a guy off trailing. Yeah. Um, Mike does make those throws every day, and I'm not just saying that. He does. Um, I, th- I thought that was probably Mike's most impressive throw. Um, and there's things that even, you know, people look at Mike like this um, guy that's supernatural and he does all these things and it just looks easy for him. I thought that throw, sliding to his left, finding green grass in the pocket, quickly resetting his feet so he can make an accurate throw is – shows the evolution of Mike. You know, people ask, is he going to get better at stuff? I thought that was a great indicator of how Mike's game has come along because right there, most guys would have just continued sliding to their left and slide through the throw and potentially have an inaccurate throw, and that was a perfect ball. He couldn't have thrown it any better. And he had, as you mentioned, some leakage from his right side, so he quickly escaped, found green grass, set his feet, got his cleats in the ground, and launched it. And I thought that was... Just a good look at all the work that Mike's been doing to to get to the next level. Is it seemed like earlier in his career, his nature would have been just to take off on that player, as you said, just kind of continue out of the pocket. Is that was that something that you saw last year that you wanted to have him maybe be a little bit more patient and stay in there, or was that something that's just been kind of his evolution? From you know, no, I've actually, uh, if I'm being honest, I think. From the day Mike's got here, I feel like he has always been, you know, I can't speak to necessarily his time at Indiana, but um, I feel like he's always been a throw-first guy. And I think that as he's looking at the field, uh, he's always thinking about how to solve the problem with his arm and complete the play. And so I, I think that, if anything, you know, it might be the other way a little bit where you're looking at him to get out of there. And, and I thought this spring and fall camp, Mike did a good job of finding those opportunities to leave the pocket. But I, I think, yeah, he's tough. He'll hang in there, and he'll he'll try to make the play with his arm for sure. Was there a play before the ball was snapped when you knew the play and you saw the defensive alignment where you yeah, the JP's. JP and Jack Westover's touchdowns. Those were, yep. I knew when they snapped it. As long as we had a good pro, it was going to be pretty good. What made you know? Just the coverage, yeah, the coverage. And then once on Jacks, once we shifted and saw the 
where the secondary was at, and I knew we'd be able to grab the one low safety and Jack would be right up the seam. Those guys did a great job, though. Dev Cope had the perfect route. He's super disciplined, opened Jack up, and then Will Nixon pulled the corner open. It was it was good team football on that one. Ryan, in terms of week one to week two, good to great type all that, what's the messaging that you say to Michael in terms of is it the, the individual plays or is it just the overall game management? Um. I thought he did a good job managing the game, you know, specifically taking care of the football in, in a couple of tough situations. Um, I think the, the push is always, you know, Mike never really rides up and down on the roller coaster. So I think continuing to provide energy to the sideline and to the guys when it feels a little like, okay, what's going on? You know, why aren't we hitting on all cylinders yet? And just making sure that that belief is stoked with a really hot flame and, and they're feeling good on the sideline and they know you know, the next time we get the ball, we're going to score and, and just keeping that going. So I think he's he's improving at that all the time and just bringing that same type of energy to practice. So I, I love seeing that from Mike, and I know his teammates do too because when Mike's operating on that level, um, everyone else is as well. What do you, what do you think of Jones? A, a cerebral guy, how to be, you know, because you're saying he's always steady. So then to say we'll be a little bit more, out, you know, vocal and stuff, stay within yourself. Yeah, no, you, you definitely want guys to be themselves. You know, the, the players will certainly see that, you know, if they're trying to be fake or someone else. So you got to let Mike do it his way. Um, and, and I just always tell them, you know, just make sure they can feel you when you get on the field. And it's just how you move and how you take on situations and you move from one spot on the field to the next. And you see that sense of urgency with Mike before the game when we're throwing RVAs and things like that. And he's running around to different spots. And the guys look at that. And all of a sudden, the backup left guard's like, OK, that's how nine's moving. I got to move like that. And then it just turns into old mindset. So I think he's really doing a nice job with that and getting better. How'd you, how'd you grade Dylan Johnson on his debut? Uh, you know, like you said, there, there was a, a few looks there where it was pretty tough sledding where he needed to hold on to the ball. I thought, you know, if I was being transparent, he just – there was a couple of plays where he was out in the open that he got solo tackled that I was a little bit disappointed that he, you know, couldn't break free of those. And, and so is he. He's, DJ is very critical of himself and, you know, wants to be great in open space. All right. We all set? Thanks, Thanks everybody. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon. Is it good morning still? Oh, we are. You're right. You're right. You guys got questions? What yeah, the, the messaging, I, I kind of talked this week, uh, Coach Grubb, there, just the messaging from week one to week two, getting better and leaving week one behind, concentrating. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's always a big thing. I uh, felt that. Over many years of coaching, uh, week one to week two, um, it's individual performances and little things, especially newer guys that are to the in your program, and now they they got a good feel and, and confidence about. Um, it might even be pregame routine, you know. It's just different things like that, and it just uh, it was smooth for us because uh, uh, there's a lot of continuity staff and players, but 
um, you know, there's always just ways to make it better. And uh, now we get to uh, continue to work on a couple of things that showed up in the game, um, things to build on that uh, were done really well, and things uh, just to continue to address and stress uh, in areas that we can improve. So I think week one to week two is always a, a big improvement. Can you talk a little bit about you get later in a game, at what point do you maybe feel a little more comfortable about besides your normal rotation, rotating some of the younger guys in? Yeah. Do you have that little plan in the back of your head going in? Or? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, after you've done it when you've done it for enough uh, enough years you you know hey the number one goal is to get out of here as healthy as possible um you want to get your your guys some experience the ones that don't get a lot of reps um it might be even be an evaluation thing but uh just guys getting experience and a good balance between that and um you know, just uh, not burning red shirts and things like that. Uh, a little easier to do now with the four-game rule. So, um, you know, you want to want to try to get a guy out there. You know, Demo, uh, I heard the question earlier about, you know, he, we threw a pass with him. Uh, we were one for one, I think, with him. And you don't want to get him out there in, in a game mode and get a chance to execute as well. Uh, um, you know, for when his time comes down the road. So just, um, you know, those, those are, there's a balance there because, uh, you know, we respect uh, certainly Boise State. Um, and, um, you know, uh, I think there is a, a place where you, you try to be your best and you challenge the guys to go out there. They work, we work hard, our players work hard. And so uh, let them, let it, you know, let it rip once in a while too, you know, as long as possible. But then there comes a point where, you know, when the game slowed down and it's uh, under control, um, let's get out of here and stay as healthy as possible. You guys went to went to Rome as your uh, punt returner in the second half there, and Jalen obviously J Mac had done quite a bit in mm -hmm. numerous phases. Was that just to keep J Mac as fresh as possible, or are you guys going to kind of rotate a bit, or what, what's the what's the plan? Yeah, th we'll go back to J Mac. You know, uh, expect that, and we're, we have a lot of confidence in him and and Rome as well. And it's good to get uh, a chance for Rome to field field a kick. Uh, you know. Um, and uh, he's done that before. So, um, you know, we want to get more guys experience too. You know, a guy like Denzel Boston might be out there at some point. Just more guys that you feel comfortable with, uh, just the different situations that pop up throughout the course of the year or um, experiences guys can draw on, uh, you know, when uh, their time's up a year from now. Or t you know, so um, that was nothing really to, to read into. Uh, Jalen uh, has done a nice job for us last year and, and uh, you know, did a nice job on Saturday. Maybe, maybe one that he could have fielded, you know, um, that we felt, but that wasn't really anything to do with why we put Rome in there. Do you find it ironic that the, the Pac-12 is kind of the talk of college football right now because it's come out 13-0 and and it's got big wins over Florida and, and um, your, your big win and Colorado's big win and, and in the conferences maybe going to you know disappear? Is it, is it kind of odd that all of this good stuff's happening with the bad stuff behind it? Yeah, it's uh, it certainly was a great week for the Pac uh, Pac-12, and um, you know, just I kind of thought think it was expected. You know, um, uh, Utah is the conference champions. You know, and I know even with their quarterback situation, uh, week one, um, they got a very good football team, and uh, you know, uh, Colorado doing their thing, uh, very impressive, and um, the rest of the teams that have a lot of consistency and, and continuing to grow and build, uh, much like ours. Um, you know, it's going to be a really competitive uh, conference season. That's for sure. How do you balance the? wanting to reward somebody like Devon Banks who had a really good game with also wanting to give Elijah Jackson the opportunity to 
play its way into the season and develop a rhythm and all those sorts of things? Um, you, th- we're going to need them all. You know, just uh, it's it's more and more reps. We're just trying to get them and uh, building more confidence. And um, I know I thought, you know, Devon, you know, I don't know if he stole the show, but he, he you know, got those pass breakups and played really well. And, uh, you know, that's obviously something we're excited about. Um, but, again, there's a lot of things Elijah did really well, too. And there's things we could have done to help him out a little bit better where it, it looks uh, maybe a little bit rough on his end on a play or two. But, um, you know, he's counting on someone in another spot to help him, too. So um, it isn't just on one person. But, uh, you know, Elijah, I think, has come so far. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he went out there and, and played hard and played aggressive, confident. And um, he's, you know, got uh, one game under his belt now. And um, I think that's a good example of those guys, you know, week one to week two, you know, gaining confidence, growing. Um, but, you know, I, we're going to need that whole unit. You know, Thaddeus got out there, um, did some things as well. Uh, Jay Green, you know, so uh, on top of, uh, you know, I thought Jabbar just playing a solid all-around game. Um, we expected that, and and uh, his experience, I think, showed up. Uh, he was right where he needed to be. Um, you know, felt very comfortable with him. Uh, it looked like It looked like he was very comfortable out there, you know, just understanding, uh, you know, how to play our defense. Health-wise, I know there's always going to be bumps and bruises. Did you come out healthy or anybody concerned for week two? Uh, nothing nothing that I expect where anyone would be out or anything. Just typical football, you know, like you said, bumps and bruises. How did you assess the offensive line play in Parker in particular? How did what? How did, how did you assess the offensive line play in Parker, Brailsford, start in particular? Uh, yeah, I mean, I felt pass protection was uh, was really good. Um, you know, threw it uh, 40, Mike threw it 40 times, I think. And so, um, you know, the protection was there. Uh, a lot of the big plays, uh, I showed the whole team yesterday, a lot of those big plays um, are a result of guys winning, of course, on the perimeter and Mike making a great throw. Um, but, you know, he had a clean pocket in a lot of those. And, you know, a clean pocket or just being able to, like uh, Coach Grubb said, you know, sidestep maybe a little bit. But, um, really, you know, keeping them off of Mike other than the, the sack early, which wasn't necessarily all on the offensive line. And uh, Parker in particular, uh, just, you know, really for his first game out there, um, I thought he played fantastic, you know, and he'll continue to learn and grow. But uh, the moment definitely wasn't too big for him. And uh, I think as a unit, uh, they, played, they played really well. Is there any Durfee update? No, I have actually nothing's come back. Yeah. In terms of those couple screen hits that Boise had, was there any common threads on tape in terms of the way that, that you guys played that or approached it? Oh, uh, just uh, tied into some coverages that we had and um, the looks that they sh- the, the the way they executed, and um, we should be able to we should be able to cover it. But uh, it's just getting something. You know, um, they ran it a few times and. Um, we had, we were more aware of it, uh, certainly as it hit a couple times, uh, we stopped it early, um, out of a different look. Uh, and so just, um, you know, just, it, it's a, it's a, I can promise you it's getting worked on a lot this week and into the future. And so teams are going to be, uh, trying to dial that one up in different, uh, from different looks and perspectives, uh, that they have, uh, within their offenses. So, um, it, it's, uh, one of the few areas, right. That consistently showed up. Um, two screens that went 98 yards, I think, combined um, out of uh, 200 and you know some some yards throwing. So uh, I thought we did a good job in the past game. Besides those, and uh, we just got to do a better job seeing the screen develop um, and uh, making sure that 
you know, when we get a chance to get him down, we get him down because we did miss a tackle on the second one. On plays like that screen to eliminate and mitigate some of that, is, is that obviously it's the whole defense, but are there things that the linebackers should be doing or the safety should be doing that they – weren't able to do because of the look they got? Uh, no, it's just a combination of a few, th you know, a few different things. Uh, they executed it well, first of all. They'd executed it well. And, um, I mean, they got smart coaches, too, that uh, understand how we're, how we're matching routes and things like that and, uh, you know, sliding the tailback out of there, uh, understanding who's maybe the first key on the tailback, um, taking care of him. But that's football. You know, we do the same thing offensively. And, um, you know, so – uh, just being aware, um, it's something that, you know, you don't see on film uh, and you're preparing as much for it. Um, you prepare for screens all the time, but what that comes out of and what that look is, um, is getting, it might be different. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we uh, identified it again later in the game and uh, snuffed it out pretty good, um, kind of put a halt to that, uh, and, then it, and they never came back to it. After looking at film, maybe a couple things that you were really pleased with and a couple things you know that you need to work on for this week. Uh, pleased that we went five for five on touchdowns in the red zone. You know, that was something uh, really important. Um, we talked about uh, being being great in the red zone. Uh, we converted a fourth and one, you know, there uh, on the goal line. And so I was, I was pleased with that. I know it was late in the game. Um, I thought that... Uh, you know, just uh, third down conversions uh, was was solid, um, and I know we uh, feel like we can even do better, but uh, just stayed off the field there. So constant. I mean, I know the sacks didn't show up, um, but you know we were there. Um, the, the the you know Taylor Green knew and felt that uh, you know we were right there in his face, and um, even if we weren't getting the sack and getting him down, um, you know we were disrupting plays. So I thought that was pretty consistent. Um, you know, overall. Saw a pretty good amount of Mikel Esteen in the rotation and safety. What has he done this offseason to, to put himself in, in that position and gain your guys' trust? Yeah, he's a really smart player. Um, we felt that from day one. And uh, I think now, you know, with a, a little more horsepower, a little more speed just uh, through another offseason, um, you know, combining what he is up here with, uh, you know, the physical assets that continue to grow, um, you know, he did, he's done a nice job. You know, there were some things uh, that he'll learn from and things that he'll be better at, but I uh, thought he played a, played a solid game. And, uh, you know, we uh, feel very confident with him out there on the football field. What's your view now, looking review the game, on what you got or didn't get broadly out of your running game? Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, I think uh, Coach Grubb said, you know, we just missed a uh, mishit a couple, um, might be identification with the O-line. Um, you know, it, sometimes it's just one block. You know, sometimes it's just running through an arm tackle. And, um, you know, we're just not quite there yet uh, as a whole group, uh, everyone in sync. Um, I don't feel it's anything that we need to be alarmed about yet. Um, obviously, you can't keep making the same mistakes, but, you know, their mistake here, it's one thing here, it's one thing there. It wasn't the same thing that was popping up. So just everyone getting better. Um, you know, there's a, there's a different tempo to things, right? You practice hard, um, but you really aren't getting tackled all the time. And, uh, you know, just there's a, a different, 
there's a different rhythm to it, you know, when you get into games and, you know, it might even be how you jam, get jammed, you know, as a receiver coming off the ball, you know, it's just a little bit more violent than it is when you're going against the scout team. And some of those things, uh, you know, showed up as well. So it was good to get out there, play the game. Um, guys, I think now have a feel of that first game and that's why you'll see those improvements in some of those areas from week one to week two. What's your familiarity with Kevin Wilson? It doesn't look like you guys were on the same staff ever, but being in the Big Ten together, obviously, I have to imagine you know a little bit about him. Just what do you know about Kevin Wilson, his offense? Uh, Coach Wilson? Yeah, I just, I'm, you know, know him just a little bit. Uh, never crossed over with him at Indiana with like uh, Coach Inge did. Um, but just nothing but respect. Uh, know what he did there um, before I went to Indiana and what he had done offensively. Um, you know, he's been doing it for a long time and doing it at a high level. And, uh, you know, he's going to, you know, I know have that, have the, the Tulsa program um, head in the right direction like he already has. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to be well coached. And um, he's just, uh, you know, I, when I think of his offenses, it's, you know, get him the ball. They, they, he's going to want the ball and he's going to call plays and he's going to attack and be aggressive. And um, there's going to be some rhythm and tempo to it. And so, uh, you know, we'll have to be ready for anything and everything. You know, You've got uh, Tulsa coming in here and a big change next year going to the Big, big Ten. Uh, does all your non-conference schedules get just redrawn almost going to, you know, with all of the, the new conference stuff coming? Oh, well, I think there's – I don't think it's all, you know, um, thrown out because we have contracts with those guys. Uh, uh, it's Weber State, right, next year and Eastern Michigan. And uh, there's dates set up, and they're counting on those dates. And so, um, you know, I think uh, as soon as we kind of understand uh, the Big Ten schedule, um, there's one date that we got to figure out yet uh, to fill out our 12 games. Um, I don't think it's something that's just this crazy, like, you know, just switching things up. Uh, um, for the most part, we have, uh, you know, some games that are locked in uh, beyond what the nine games will be for uh, our Big Ten schedule. So, but that, that will continue to develop and evolve. And there's a lot of shakeup around college football, right, with conference realignment and things like that. So there are things that we need to assume may happen, even if it's things that aren't in our control. Do you get input on that? And, and would you advocate to play some of the former Pac-12 teams as non-conference opponents uh, in the future? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that uh, that was happening even before we went to the – you know, we're, we're involved in going to the Big Ten, you know, just, uh, um, you know, at the time it had been USC and UCLA and trying to find openings uh, to play them and go down play play in L.A., right? And so um, now that's changed again uh, with our – uh, with us being in this all in the same conference, and so yeah, I think that's that's makes for easy uh, regional um, you know scheduling, and um, obviously the Apple Cup uh, would be a part of that as well. So um, certainly, uh, you know, I'm getting asked about it, but there's not a lot of decisions we can make right now, uh, just because we got to have some you know understanding of what the Big Ten schedule. And the model, you know, in nine games and which years it's five home, four away, and vice versa. So the L.A. stuff was kind of in-house thinking? Uh, I mean, I, you know, a lot of the schedules are full, you know, but that was something that I know I was hoping to, to be able to do with a lot of our recruiting uh, being in California. Yeah. Our, Coach, I remember a couple of years ago watching Romo Dunsey um, pregame throwing the football, and I thought he's got a hell of an arm. At some point <laughs> we're going to see him throw the ball. 
How do you make the decision to let Jalen throw the ball as opposed to Roman? I know those two are competitive. Yeah. Is there lobbying going back? And forth? Oh, I mean, I know what Grubb said, but uh, I have to think that it's in the back of Rome's mind and Rome will let it come to him. But if Jalen all of a sudden has three attempts uh, here soon, you know, uh, halfway through the season, I could see there being some of that, uh, you know, where Rome's, uh, you know, Maybe in Grubb's office an extra time or two, you know, walking to lunch or something like that. So, no, it's fun. Those guys are such super athletes and and uh, just smart, smart playmakers. Uh, Jalen, you know, it's just a small gain. But um, like Coach Grubb said, when you can call an explosive play that has the potential to be big and not worry about it just going so badly if it's defended well, to where it hurts you, right? Because a lot of the times those plays are really good, but there's also some disasters that uh, can happen. And we really trust, uh, you know, um, a guy like Jalen. Um, we'd trust Rome as well, um, just to, to make those decisions. And, and you know, Jalen and uh, Westy being on the same page, um, not really even flinching. Uh, it's really cool to see. You think uh, opponents are going to freak out when they see Jalen McMillan in a quarterback role? Faking to Roma Dunze in what was a running back role. Let me write that down. Let me write that down. <laughs> Good. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.